Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's up, everybody? This is Taylor Vipolis, and welcome to the Players' Lounge, a new podcast brought to you by Inside Carolina in partnership with Heels for Life, UNC Football's NIL Collective, created to bring together UNC football players, fans, and businesses. I'm hosting this podcast with my guy and my former teammate, Shaquille Rashad, today, and we're joined by UNC running back, British Brooks. Appreciate you getting on here. Me and Shaq, we, we like to ask the hard-hitting questions, so we want to put you on the spot early. Let's say you have the first pick in fantasy football. Are you picking Michael Carter or are you picking Javante Williams? That's tough. <laughs> That's so tough. Uh, I got to go Avante on this one. Wow. I got to go Avante. On wow, any reason? Man, they both ballers, man. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. I, that's a tough one. I'll, I'll give you the out just because I think Brees Hall gets drafted to the Jets. He might be splitting some carries with um, yeah. Michael Carter. Javante Williams looks like he's going to be the guy from the get-go with, uh, the, with the Broncos. So I, I think you made the right pick there. Um, but for fans to kind of get to know you, what would you say you like to do outside of football? Outside of football, I'm just I'm at home with the with the puck, man. That's that's me every day, just with her, training her. Now, now when you're at home, we did do a little bit of IG stalking here, and we found out about Chef Britt here. So, where did you learn your way around a kitchen? And can you tell us a little about you and your passion for the for the kitchen? Uh, see, that started. I want to say that started with my grandma a little minute ago, just watching her cook. Uh, a lot on Sundays and just for like, you know, holidays and stuff like that. And then by my first two years in college, I didn't really cook until I moved off campus. And then my roommate, my ex-roommate, Alex Nobles, he actually was a cook at Cookout. So he will always come home and just like cook. And I can't just let him just show me up like that. So I had to I had to join the party, too. What would you say your favorite meal is to, to cook and to both eat? Spaghetti is always the easiest, but uh, I've been on a, I've been on a chicken wing kind of thing lately. I can make some good steak. Uh, I'm just gonna go with spaghetti. Nah, 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 nah. I, I got this. <laughs> I got this little sweet chili chicken wing with like the little fried green beans with a little bit of soy sauce in there. 
And I add like some fried rice in there with an egg. Oh, so you're like cooking, cooking. I, I just, yeah. when I say cooking, it just means me throwing stuff in an air fryer. Like you're actually like getting uh, ingredients I'm, I'm, and yeah. cooking. I'm cooking. One of the things you talked about earlier, you said um, you didn't cook your first two years of school until you moved off campus. I'll tell you right now, like the thing that I miss most about college is just being able to go to the stadium and eat all the meals all the time. Like do you, so now that you're moved, would you rather cook your meals and eat what you want to eat? Or just go up to the stadium and get your chicken breast, your salad, like the, the usuals. It, it definitely depends, especially because, you know, cooking, it takes time. And then you got to go buy the ingredients and everything. So right now, I'll probably say I'd rather go to the stadium. Like even on our optional days, I'm still I'm still texting in or going to the stadium and see what they got. I have this business idea I've been flushing out for a couple of years where I, I just make a, a football stadium that people can go eat lunch at. And I know it's not feasible to do all that, but I, I'll work out the kinks and I'll let you know. <laughs> um, so what's there, what food is there that you absolutely hate? Is there anything you look at and you say, I never want to eat that? At the stadium or? No, just... not at the stadium, not at the stadium. Oh, I was about to say. Come on now, Rocky Top doesn't make bad food. Rocky Top <laughs> doesn't miss. <laughs> uh... I wouldn't say there's anything I just wouldn't eat. I'm picky about some stuff. I don't I don't like mushrooms. I don't like tomatoes. Uh, just a little stuff like that. I'm with you on tomatoes. I don't like the way they look. I don't like yeah. mushrooms either. I, I tell people I'm allergic just so they definitely don't put them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you could have dinner with any four people, they could be either dead or alive. Uh, who would they be and kind of why would you pick those people? Mm. All right, going number one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Mike Tyson number one because he he's been through a lot. He's seen a lot of things, and he's kind of like like the podcast I've seen. He he speaks a lot of like wisdom and stuff. Uh, two, two. I gotta I gotta go with Drake. Drake just at the top right now. I mean, you can't miss with Drake. Three. I probably have to go. Probably MJ, Michael Jordan, probably Michael Jordan. I mean, go. Nah, I want to switch that. I would, I'd rather switch for Kobe. Okay. Just to, just to see, just to see where his like his mentality and stuff, his mindset. Or what would I go for? It's gonna be a tough one. I'll probably go Denzel for four. Okay. I think that's the second time we've had Denzel show up in this yeah. one here. I like that. A lot of love for Denzel. I'm a big fan. Um, so let's shift off of food and dinner and everything. Let's go to music. Who are you listening to right now? Right now, I mean, I've been trying to listen to a Dre album, but you know, it's like more of a <laughs> dance album right now. So uh, might get laughed out of the locker if you put that on. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to a lot, a lot of Little Dirt lately. A lot, a lot of Little Dirt. Probably too much, honestly. And was, it, yeah, go ahead, Vip. I was going to ask you, you know, we all have the the guilty pleasure type music. Who is somebody that people would be surprised that British Brooks is listening to? You know, you might have those Man. headphones on, but you're really listening to what? Look, you can catch me at any time. That's the thing. I don't I don't ever hide what I'm listening to. Like, I'll walk in the locker room and just hand it out loud. But, uh... <laughs> Like I listen to like a lot of uh, Alina Baraz, Caesar, a lot, a lot of stuff like that. A lot of like calming music that I like to listen to. 
throwing a little bit of Willow Smith, just a couple of songs, but not not too crazy. Now, Willow Smith, are you listening to like Whip My Hair from when she was four? Nah, Does she have nah. new music? That's the only it's, song I know from her. <laughs> she's been dropping some uh some songs, but I only know like two that I'm like heavy on or something like that. Okay. So that's how I know Shaq's not on TikTok because he didn't see the the Meet Me at Your Spot song. <laughs> I I refuse to download the TikTok. App. I I can't download the TikTok app. I already give Instagram and Twitter enough hours of my day. I won't I won't what? do it with TikTok too. <laughs> Um, so you, you seem like you're a music guy. You're, you're all over the place. So if you walk in the locker room and you have to trust one guy that you can give the ox to and is not going to get laughed off the stage, who is it? You can't say yourself either. It's kind of tough. I can tell you, I can tell you one person who, like, when they get the ox, it's, it's no. <laughs> I can tell you two. <laughs> Brian, Brian Anderson cannot get ox. Yeah. Because he will play anything, like, crazy. Matter of fact, he's number one. Then the second one probably, depending on the day, probably Kamar Morales. Really? Because he, he kind of got an old soul, and it's just like, it's not, not everybody fine. know all these songs. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> like, but Brian Anderson, he cannot get the odds. Shaq was um, that guy for our team. I'll be honest. I wasn't even allowed to come in through the door that was near the ox. <laughs> they made me come in and leave from the other side through of the, the shower. Through the don't shower, even, yeah, don't even go, don't even come in from that side. <laughs> I didn't do it. I could probably I could probably say who's on the ox. I could probably say DJ DJ Jones. Okay, he's on the ox a good bit. I mean, we we allow it. Okay, and. The question I ask a lot when I see, when I'm going through Instagrams, I, I love tattoos. It feels like you could really tell a story through knowing somebody's tattoos. I see you have a ton. So what's the significance behind your tattoos? Uh, I would say the significance is just like, just like they're, they're family oriented, but it's like deeper within a family of what my family has been going through other than me. Because I like I said, I want to like always represent and be there for my family. So I, once I feel like my family's going through something, it feels like I'm going through it. So that's a lot of the reason why I get them. Do you do you have a favorite one or uh, one that has uh, you know extra significance to you? Sheesh. I would probably either have to say the one I got right here, the faces, or maybe just that one. What does that say? Uh, Brooks, my last name. Okay. I probably have to say, I don't know, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I can't choose. It. It's tough. <laughs> how how long have it, has it taken you to get all those? Like, did it start on your 16th birthday or did you start when you got to college? Nah, I think I got my first one, like, my second semester of, like, high school or something like that. I think I did this whole arm last year. I wow. even got some during the season. Is um, it a challenge to get them during the season? Timing-wise, it is. But, I mean, like, doing, like, the healing process is really not, I mean, just the timing, when you can get it and how long it'll take to heal. Oh, I like that. Well, um, yeah, I, I stayed away from it. I, I, I was always like, I've never had an idea long enough that I actually wanted to end up getting a tattoo. Um, and I'm glad because I look back at everything I've ever thought, I'm like, ah. Glad I didn't get that. <laughs> um, let's move over to one of my favorite topics, holidays. Um, what is your favorite holiday 
And why is it the best one? I got to go with – I got to go with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the – literally like the week after my birthday. So I always get my grandma to make me banana pudding. So she'll make big old tubs for my birthday. And that'll last me at least – couple of days until Thanksgiving when I can go home and eat more banana pudding. So that's probably, <laughs> that's probably the best. That's a reasonable, that's a, that's a good answer. Cause my <laughs> thing with my only problem when people say Thanksgiving is at least with like my family, Thanksgiving and Christmas are, are same meals and everything. It almost feels like Thanksgiving is just a warm up for Christmas. It's like a dry run. And then you run it back again with the tree and with the gifts and everything. So I was always confused why people would ever say Thanksgiving. Cause it felt like it was just a Christmas walkthrough. I get it now, though. I have talked to more yeah. people. I'm like, all right, I, I get it. I've never heard Thanksgiving described as a Christmas walkthrough. That's all it is. It's a walkthrough <laughs> for Christmas. All right, who's sitting where at the table? <laughs> who's got the remote? How are we doing the food? It's a walkthrough. Oh, man. British, if, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you want to live? Yeah, that's kind of hard. Uh start off with i'll probably just have to say houston just start with the houston area just to start off okay to each their own have you ever been to houston man i haven't anywhere (laughs) in the whole world i lived there for a while i I love my time in houston i can't say i would go there if i got anywhere in the world (laughs) i'm just like i haven't i haven't explored the the u.s yet so i just rather you know start off somewhere okay i love it i hope you like humidity i hope you really like humidity yeah i heard it's crazy over there Break a sweat if you think about going outside. <laughs> uh, what's your What's your favorite movie, British? See, the Lion King. It's always a classic. Yeah. Or well, I have to go like. I got a top three. I don't really got no favorite. This ain't in. I had to go Lion King, Training Day with Denzel. Yeah. And I can do. Any one of the Transformers movies. Okay. I'm honestly a little bit surprised by the Lion King and Training Day call out of you. Because, like, Lion King was a little bit before our time, right, Vip? Like, even, like, that was when we were super young. And Training Day was before that. And you're, what were you born, like, 2012 or something, British? Like, 1999. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's, uh, there's guys on the team, though, that were born, what, in, like, 04? That's nuts. That's, crazy. that's crazy. nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah, Lion King was 94. Um, but British, say you play this year for Carolina, say you have a you know 10-plus year career in the NFL, what would you say you want to do after football? Definitely help the younger generation. I've always, always been like a helping type of person for some reason, but uh, definitely help younger generation whether it's like mentoring coaching or just like just being a uh coach stem coach yeah. okay okay and then switching switching over to like more football stuff now why did you choose chapel hill because you obviously could have gotten more playing time other places or you know a, a guaranteed scholarship from from other places what was so special about chapel hill and how'd you kind of get to that decision um, really a lot of it was because of AJ, AJ Blue. I grew up with him in my life, so I've seen him as, like, you know, 
uh, a figure in my life that I wanted to keep pursuing and just try to be like him. Another one was it was kind of just like a split decision. Like it was really like crazy because I was working out one day and at the point like I didn't have like no offers or anything. It's my senior year. And I just really didn't know if I was going to, like, get into college, like, just off my grades or whatever. So I ended up calling, I think, like, Charlotte or something like that and told him, I was like, yeah, like, I'll just walk on and, like, do that. And then my trainer, like, five minutes out of my trainer was just sitting there looking at me. He was like, why call Charlotte when you can just call Carolina? And I was like, I mean, you're right. So I just called Carolina and just been with them ever since. So. That's really cool. I didn't. I didn't know that was a story. I didn't know that was what it went into. Um, and so things worked out. Obviously, like you ended up in Chapel Hill. What was it like coming in? Like I looked at your senior year stats, junior senior stats. You put up numbers. Um, what was it like coming in and having to gain respect not only as a freshman but as a guy that had like walked onto the team? Because there are people that'll be like, "All right, well, he must not be anything special." Meanwhile, we're watching you play, I'm like, "Like, what in the world? <laughs> Who is this kid?" It was kind of, uh, I want to say like a wake-up call, but it was kind of just like starting all the way over. And it's like, you're starting before you even start. Yeah, You're starting lower before you even start. And it's just crazy, like just looking back at my freshman year, just seeing like I really had like one-in-a-lifetime opportunities just to like, like one rep just to beat some dude up and get noticed and then just keep doing it. And then they just let in the things just being thrown on my plate. So, yeah, dude, it's it's nuts. And then for, I think to kind of go along with that, can you talk to us a little bit about what that process was like, like when you were on scholarship and when you won't? Because I think a lot of people may not know that it varies, right, based on like when one's open, how that stuff all works out. Can you take us through yeah. that whole timeline, and everything for you? Yeah. Okay. So I got here June 2018, and I think. That that whole semester, I wasn't on scholarship. Mm-hmm. And then those were for door. And then once Matt came in, one of our first conversations was, what can I do to, you know, get on scholarship? And I ended up getting on scholarship that spring all the way into the summer because we had, like, some guys leaving early some or some spots that opened up. And then I think once the fall came, then they did back for other guys in the next year, maybe. So I ended up being not on scholarship for that fall. And then the next spring, I've been on scholarship ever since. Confused. So it's two it's semesters. To keep up with. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting, yeah. I'm sitting here semesters. trying to track it. Carry the zero. Yeah. <laughs> when, when was the first moment that you felt like you belonged at the, the D1 level? Because I feel like coming in as a walk-on um, and then as a freshman, y- you can almost feel like there's sometimes when you're looking around at everybody, like these guys are a lot bigger, a lot faster, a lot stronger. Do you have that first moment where you're like, I'm just as good as anybody out here? Oh yeah. It was freshman year and we was at uh, POPs and we was doing like uh, just like one-on-ones versus linebackers. And I made like a, a real good move on a on an older linebacker. And uh this how you know you get attention. When Mike, when Mike or Monte come up to you or like the older guys, but hey, how much you weigh? Like, you know, they trying to like get a little measurement on you. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like 200, you know, whatever. But like I could definitely tell, like, once I did that, I was like, yeah, this is just like high school, honestly. 
And then I was just like, yeah. After after I started playing, no, after I started going against Cole on the scout team. Yeah. And he told me to chill out one time. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> That's how you know. Right. Yeah. What what was your walk-on experience like? Because you mentioned how, you know, at first you were just getting one or two reps. It's almost like being in the NFL where one guy's getting paid $30 million and the other guy's getting paid $3 million. Like all those reps and all that attention's going to the guy who's getting paid or the guy who's getting on scholarship. Did you ever feel different than, than the scholarship guys? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I can tell you it was, it was hard because like just not getting attention, it really messes with your confidence a lot. And if you're, you know, confident, and your play, and it, it just really messed my head up for a long time. So I just like, I don't like, I just can't explain it. It's, it's hard because, like, when you feel like you just, it's yourself against everybody else, you really don't got no backup until like Vontae and Mike just started talking to me a lot. They, they really kept me afloat, they really kept me going. Now, I'm not sure if you know this since they, they've changed some rules uh, since the time I was a walk-on and the time you were a walk-on, and Shaq can vouch for this. The walk-ons in our first couple of years, we weren't even allowed to eat dinner with the team. Like, we, we just had to – we would finish practice, shower, and then they would just send us yeah. home. So, you guys have it a little better, not completely better, but – is it a little more appreciative knowing that you didn't have to experience the the embarrassment of not even getting to eat with the team? Nah, the, th- the crazy thing is that I did. Like, I, uh, that for Doria, it's like we couldn't eat lunch or – we feel something <laughs> crazy. Like, we just couldn't eat lunch. The, the rules then, are – yeah, go ahead. Please finish. And I'm like – like, it would just be embarrassing because, like, everybody else was like, you better go get lunch. And I'm like, nah, like, I'm good. Like, I'm eating some chips before the lift and before practice. I'm like, nah, I'm good. And then I think it was like my sophomore year when uh, we changed the morning practices. So we would have to come back to get dinner and it would be like after a lift or something like that. And Monte, Monte, DJ Ford, they both knew that I couldn't get dinner. So they would just make me plates and just bring it to me. Yeah. That's, that's something consistent throughout the years. I think yeah. there's always a couple scholarship guys that are looking out for the walk yeah. I, I was I was getting yelled at like I was sitting here shuttling plates. We'll have to check the statute of limitations, see if we need to edit that out. But plate run, I mean, yeah, yeah we don't want to get, get in trouble by court. <laughs> yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to uh, we'll have to check and see if we can keep that in there. Have to edit it out. But no, it was it was nuts. Like I remember being so confused. Like how is it a rule that part of the team can't eat after practice? Like what are we doing? Yeah. And it's like they're throwing away the food anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in case this does stay in there, for context, everyone, this is not a UNC rule. This is an NCAA NCAA, rule. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, All right, so you went through all that, and then what was that feeling like when you found out the first time you were going to be on scholarship? You said it happened with Coach Brown, right? Yeah. uh, I mean, it wasn't like I was happy, but it was just like deep down I was like I knew I would get it or I knew I, like, deserved it. But, like, it was just like, all right, and I remember, like, the first time, because, like, once I got it, I didn't tell anybody. It was just, like, like, all right. And then, like, probably, like, three weeks later, I think my parents found out somehow. And they were just fussing at me about not telling them. And I'm just, like, 
Like, it is what it is. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm just that type of person. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Through, through your first two years at Carolina, you had almost uh, more tackles than carries. You had uh, 10 tackles to nine carries. Did you ever consider leaving and going somewhere you would be guaranteed a, a scholarship or more playing time after first getting to UNC? Uh, I never thought about leaving. I can honestly say that. Okay. Like, it was just one of those times where it's just like, uh, like, I think I'm just going to do my time and just be done instead of just worrying about what I'm not doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting to hear because just relating it to things that like me and Shaq experienced, I know, um, when Mac Hollins walked on at UNC, he kind of gave himself like two years and he was like, if I'm not on scholarship after two years, I'm going to transfer to a school where I can be on scholarship. And I think it was like, he gave himself like a two year deadline and it was like 10 days before the deadline when Fedora pulled him into his office and was like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to put you on scholarship and obviously goes on to be an NFL draft pick. But it's interesting to hear how everybody's walk on experience was kind of different in, in terms of like long-term goals or even short-term goals. And, and you mentioned a name there, Vip. <clears throat> it leads me right into my next point. Mac Hollins, Jeff Schaumer, Cole Holcomb, Taylor Vipolis. British, you were, you were part of a long line of walk-ons at UNC that have gone on to contribute to the team in, like, massive ways, get on scholarship, uh, become captains, too, I think, all those guys. What does it feel like? like we all joked about it, like, called it walk-on-you, but do you feel – like, dang, like I was the next guy up. Cause I look at it and I, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, like I think that that's the next biggest like walk on, like huge contributor, right? What's that? Like British is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Briti British is an, an honorary captain on walk on. You. <laughs> on walk on. You. Okay. We're going to reprint the t shirts and <laughs> make sure he gets one. <laughs> so is there, is there honor in that, British? Is that anything you ever thought about? Like, do you wear it as a badge of honor that you walked in and then walked on and then got to a spot where you're like, I'm a captain on this team. Like, I'm one of the most respected guys on this roster now. I would say I feel like everybody else wears it more than I wear it. Okay. Like, the coaches bring it up way more than I do. Like, I, I probably won't ever talk about it. But the coaches is like, if you need, like, an example to look at, they always bring me up. And then they'll say, like, like I mean, we was watching film the other day, and we seen, like, Cole – and then the coach brought it up how we basically had – we came in, like, doing the same thing, just walking on, being on special teams, and just, like, contributing a lot. But I would, I would say it's definitely, a, like, an honor 
to just be a part of that that elite group. And as a walk-on, the quickest time, the quickest way to get playing time, it's it's often through special teams. You've been named the the special teams MVP and captain for Carolina in back-to-back seasons. What does special teams mean to you? Because a lot of times I think players can can kind of look at special teams as almost like an afterthought where it's offense, defense, one and two, and then special teams way further back. Uh, special teams means a lot. Really, like I really started noticing probably my, my the end of my sophomore year how much of a game changer special teams was. And then just like just get trying to get everybody on the same page. But yeah, I mean that's where you learn a lot. Like, can, like special teams contributes to a lot of offensive, defensive things. Like, kick return, turnaround blocking, blocking on punt return, just going down, making a tackle, fitting up on tackle. It just contributes a lot on offensive defense. So I think that builds confidence before you get to offensive defense. And if you're playing on all four of them, you're playing twenty, yeah, thirty playing snaps a, lot. a game. Yeah, you're playing yeah, a lot playing of snaps lot. in a game. Yeah. Um, how would you describe your style of play in the game, either on special teams or on offense? I want to, I want to say, I don't want to sound like I'm like a loose cannon or anything, but like, it's definitely, I would say I'm definitely physical for sure. Uh, but I'm like, I'm like a slow type physical. I don't know how to explain it. Like I'll be like, like say on kickoff or something, I'll be cooling down the field because just me being me, I know like. If you're the first person down on kickoff, you're you're gonna get blocked. I'm just gonna say that now. Uh, just cooling down the field, and then once I see like a crease or like I see where he's going, it's just it's go right now. So I was just saying, just being physical is my type of play. Is there anyone you look up to as you were coming into that role, or maybe when you were younger that you looked up to and said, "I, I want to play like that guy"? Um. I would say I watched a lot of Brian Dawkins and Taylor Mays highlights, just like just hitting people, just like just destroying people. So when I got like the chance to play special teams, I was like, this is my shot because I always like defense more than offense. Yeah. So I was like, that's my shot to go ahead and just start taking people's heads off. So, yeah, I was going to say, I noticed that you named two safeties and I'm wondering yeah. now if you ever wanted to play on the other side of the ball. Um, there's been a couple of colleges that tried to get me to play safety. But, like, it was just I never really got the fundamentals down, and it's kind of too late to switch over. So I was just like, I'd rather stay at running back. Yeah. What about running back? Were there any running backs that you used to watch or still watch today that you try to emulate what they're doing in their game? Um, That's pretty hard because I feel like I don't want to be anybody else. So I just – um, what do I watch a lot? I watch a lot of Zeke. Dang, I was just watching highlights the other day. A lot of Zeke. A lot of uh, LaDamia Thomason. Okay. Uh, who's another one? Put me on the spot right here. <laughs> <laughs> and I could probably say... I'm, I'm probably say Adrian Peterson. I can say okay. Adrian Peterson. Speaking of watching guys like up close and personal... We mentioned them earlier, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. What do you feel like you learned from them getting to see them work? A lot, honestly. Uh, especially, like, just coming, coming in with Javante. It's like we always have, you know, our little secret talks and what 
what he could help me with, what I could help him with. And just one thing, like, I learned from him was just blocking. Like, one thing Vontae is going to do, Vontae is going to, like, he's going to block. Yeah. And, like, his blocks are physical. Like, it's crazy. But uh, on the other aspect of it, Mike, just being just a vet, just showing me, telling me, like, just let me learn what a three-tech is or what an overfront is what I should do when it's a three and a five running like outside zone and just how to see, like see things. They really taught me a lot. You mentioned Javante blocking. And once, once you say that, I kind of think of that. I think it was the Wake Forest game where they reviewed his hit for targeting. How, how many times do you think you guys watched that play in, in the running back room or just in the, the Keenan football center? Too many. Yeah. Too many. Literally. That's teach tape. <laughs> if, yeah, if, if we watch him blocking, best believe it's going to be Javante. <laughs> I I hit the best block, like, I've ever seen him make. It was, like, I think it was Boston College or something like that. And it's, like, five on five, so the lineman got five. We got anything, like, secondary, and it's a, some Mike Becker just sitting in the box. And once the ball snaps, like, the Mike, like the Mike just, like, shoots the gap full speed, and Javante is just standing there. Just then, like, dude ran up on Javante and got put on his back. Javante didn't even move. It was crazy. I was like, there's no way that he just did that. Like, he just got up and he just looked at him. He was just looking at him. Didn't even say anything. Just looked at him. I remember watching that and just thinking this this linebacker must have watched absolutely zero film because if there's one thing you know about Javante Williams is don't rush him down the middle. Dude, I mean, not that that picking an edge is going to get you anywhere. But don't rush him down the window. You're yeah. sitting down really quickly if you do. That's 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 crazy to run down the middle of Javante Williams. I think the I think the worst thing about getting blocked by Javante too, British, is like what you said. Like he's not gonna say anything. It's just it's just silent. Yeah. It's just like you're getting put on your back and you just hear silence. He's just gonna stay like he he just puts you on your back and he's just gonna sit there and look at you. <laughs> like that's wild. And, and speaking of Mike and Vontae, like your first start was in a New Year's Six bowl game against a Power Five opponent, and you went crazy. Like you had a day. So what was what was it like coming into that and, and realizing that was going to be your first start and then preparing for it? And then what did it do for your confidence on the back end? Oh, I can tell you, just leading up to that was kind of crazy because we played Miami right before them. And Mike had, like, 300 yards or something like that. Yeah. He came to the sideline, and he was like, look, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It was, like, third quarter probably. <laughs> and he was like, look, I'm opting out. I'm going to tell you right now. And I was just like, <laughs> like, all right. I still got I still got Vontae. Like, Vontae, you know, just being there for me. So I don't got to grow up as quick. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, probably, like, a week and a half before we got to play. And, you know, I'm just chilling. You know, I don't got a lot of weight on my shoulder because then again, I got Vontae. And then Vontae was like, nah, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. And then the next day, they're like, ah, Javante just opted out. And I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> what? And then, like, out of nowhere, like, you know, Coach G just calls my phone. And he's telling me. And I'm just like, like, I'm really the oldest in the room now. So now I really got to grow up. And I got to legit answer questions now in the meeting room probably 90% of the time. And then, like, I mean, he was on me because, like, yeah. we're going against Texas A&M. Like, 
number five ranked team in the nation, like held, like held Alabama to like 40-something rushing yards, something crazy. I'm just like, I'm really about to have my first start against Texas A&M. But it really didn't hit me until like we got out there and it was like the first play, I got the ball. I got stopped in the backfield for like negative three or something like that. And my shoe hat came off. So I'm just sitting here like my shoe, like I need to come out and put my shoe back on. Because my shoes were like, I tied my shoes up crazy tight. Right. And I get to the sideline and he, he's just going in on me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is now like, nah, this is legit serious. But once I like started like playing, I was like, all right, like I'm starting to settle down. I'm starting to be all right. Yeah. Yeah, once you settle into the game, you realize it's yeah. It feels like they're all the same. Of course, the the inches matter a little more, but that's cool. That's that's wild. I was actually going to ask if you knew any earlier than the general public did about Javante because I remember thinking like he's probably going to opt out of this game, and you get a week and a half for the end. I go like, I guess not. I guess Javante's playing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, it caught me by like surprise because he just told me in practice that he was just that he wasn't going to opt out because he wasn't like. Come on, Mike and Vate wasn't practicing. They they saving they saving themselves for the game. <laughs> yeah. So like we doing inside and stuff. He was like, nah, like I'm a practice, like I'm a I'm a play or whatever. And I'm like, all right, that. Then like two days later, like he opted out, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh man. La- last season, you you changed your number from 34 to 24. Was there any reasoning behind that? I had to get out that number, man. It just wasn't for me. Like, was, was thirty four assigned to you? Yeah, it was. I didn't get picked. So when you, just, when you switched to twenty four, were there any other numbers, or did you have your eyes kind of set on twenty four? Uh, I think it was just because uh, I was supposed to change mid season, like before, like weeks before the Texas A and M game, to twenty four because it was just like. Like, the number is just so ugly. And I was just like, we only got, like, five games left. I might as well just go ahead and play it out. And then uh, – but I think they already had numbers picked for the incoming class maybe, something like that. But 24 is open. I was just like, look, anything in the 20s, I'm straight. Just <laughs> just give me it. And then fu- you kind of going along last season too – you closed the season in a big way against NC State and South Carolina. You combined for 20 carries in those two games, 196 rushing yards. For for people who aren't too good at math, that's 9.8 yards per carry. A first down every time you're touching the ball. You you could argue you should have had even, even more carries than uh, the 20 carries in those two games. What do you think was working so well for you? Uh. I mean, I honestly, I don't, as a running back, it's like you got to get in your groove. And once you're in your groove, you feel like you're unstoppable, honestly. So I think, yeah, once I just got my groove, it was just like, all right, like, I'm here to play, like, you know. You're the, um, you're the old guy on the block now, British. Like, this is year five for you, right? Yeah. So you've. And I, you could argue that, like, you've been there. You've seen about as much change as you could possibly see. Position coach changes, head coach changes, and flat out the entire structure of yeah. NCAA has changed. Um, what do you – like, what are the biggest things that you've seen change throughout your time in college for better or for worse? Definitely the NIL. That was – that's definitely the biggest thing. 
Because when they were explaining it to us, it was like, yeah, this person could make certain amount of, you know, a million dollars and like the a walk-on can make no money. And it's just like, uh, you kind of for it, but you kind of against it at the same time. But that's been the, the biggest thing because some people are out here like getting crazy, crazy deals. It's nuts. I know. Um, I remember you had one earlier where you were uh, with the the dog park thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So some of those are, are pretty cool. And that story for anyone that, that didn't know about it, basically, there's someone that has rescue dogs like he has a shelter and everything. And um, he was like, yeah, like, I want to work with British Brooks because he, he came in, he walked on. So in theory, like he was someone that schools didn't want as much, just like these rescue dogs. And I think those are the stories a lot of people don't hear about in an aisle, you know. And so those are the ones that are really cool. Um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine what it's like to play during that time. So, yeah, to have seen it before and played in college before and then played in it um, now after it with it, I'm sure that's been kind of wild for you to experience. Sure. Does does this year feel any different to you where you're going into training camp as the projected number one guy in comparison to other years where you have, you know, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, or even somebody like Ty Chandler that you know is already ahead of you? Uh, I would say that wouldn't, that wouldn't be like a lot of a lot of difference because I, like as a person, I feel like I always go hard. I always want to get my best. But there's definitely a different focus on what I need to do. I can say that. Yeah, and that's a competitive room, too. Like, a lot of really good players in there. What's it been like seeing that competition come back into the room? Not to say that it was gone in, in years past, but when it's you, Vontae, Mike, and there's someone else I'm forgetting. But like, you guys had a phenomenal room then. I think you've had a great room throughout. But the level of competition seems like it's it's heightened back up again this year in that room. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because just being an old guy, you know, you got little aches and pains and stuff. And then you get a new guy who's just fresh, you know, out of high school, hasn't been hit at all. And it's just, you can't, you, you're really not trying to let them young guys show you up. So Yeah, yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking to Cole about that. Cole's like, I'm going to I'm gonna break all these weight room records. I go, if you're going to do it, do it in your first two years, bro. Because once you start starting, like, 130 yeah. snaps a game at linebacker is going to put a toll on you, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Looking what, at, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that's what they told me. That it was like, uh, it was like you you took reps, but you ain't took starter reps. So he was like, you might want to start sleeping a lot more, like you know, getting in yoga or something like that. And I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And you got to start. Um, yeah, you almost have to like. And I this for anyone listening, I don't mean this in a terrible way, but like, you have to like kind of book on Sunday mornings. Okay, I can't make plans for two hours before I go to the stadium because I'm going to be in the hospital getting an MRI or an X-ray. Mm-hmm. You just plan that into your week, yeah. <laughs> which is probably a wild concept to a lot of people. You just a lot time to go to the hospital. <laughs> British, looking at you, you personally, where do you think you have the most room to grow as a player? What have you been working on the most ahead of training camp? Uh, definitely just being a part of the pass game a lot more. I tell you, some, like sometimes my hands are just not the best. So I just, I've been working on that a lot working on my route running uh, and overall just being in running shape because I'm not always, I haven't, I've never been like in the best running shape. I've always been kind of a little on chubbier side. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to cut weight a little bit right now to get yeah. down. 
if you need to work on the hands, you got one of the best in the business on the Zoom call with you. And I, I don't mean me. I mean no. Taylor Vipolis. I thought he was talking about himself. Shaq has more <laughs> interceptions than I had catches. <laughs> so, that can't oh, be true. <laughs> zero. <laughs> um, but British, a, a lot of fans want to see uh, the team bounce back in, in a big way this year. You're around the team more than, you know, anybody from, from the outside. Why do you have optimism that this is going to be a good year for Carolina football? Uh, I can tell you one thing. Like, we compete a lot. Like, it's, we're, we got a lot more competitive from last year because that last game just left a sour taste in our mouth. And we got, I want to say a lot more older people, but a lot more people are maturing a lot faster than I thought they would. And I feel like that's really good for our team because – I feel like everybody's so young since I'm older than everybody. So once everybody, you know, gets on the same same train, we can start heading in the same direction. I love it. Well, British, we appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. And everyone listening, yeah. thank you all so much for your support. Uh, Heels for Life is here because we have the people like y'all supporting us. It allows us to do things like this. So please head on over to heelsforlife.org. That's Heels for Life with a four. Uh, and check it out. Go learn more. Become a member if you want to. But even if you just want to learn more, go check that out because uh, it's it's that support there that allows us to keep doing things like this. So appreciate you and everyone have a good good day. Woof. Talk about Thanks, a tongue twister. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Later. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.